I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hardaway coming to life here in the third quarter, and how about that for some life? And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, multiple-time guest, friend of the show. You know him as Mavs Draft on Twitter. Richard, what you got for me? Tonight, uh, tonight's an interesting one. Uh, you know, being a Magic fan as well as Mavs, it's always a conflicting night. But uh, <laughs> this is kind of the outcome I'd hoped for since I won Orlando to Tank. So I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to be breaking down the Mavericks 112 to 98 win over the Orlando Magic. <sighs> so much stuff in this game, I think. Uh <laughs> you don't want to bury So there's so there's like three main stories, right? The three main stories are the Mavericks were without Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Richardson, and Jalen Brunson because of COVID protocols. One of those three players, we don't know which one, tested positive. The other two, for contact tracing purposes, have to be quarantined. They're stuck in Denver right now still, so they, uh, I don't know, have fun in Denver, I guess. (laughs) This is part of the weird thing of this season is that some of these guys will just be stuck in a city it's like not their city, not their home city. They're just there alone, like quarantine. It's it's just it's a weird thing to think about. So we have that story for sure. So they, they win without those guys, which is huge for them. Porzingis also still out. Luca gets the triple-double, 20 points, 11 boards, 10 assists in the game. And uh, he hits three of his nine threes, which is pretty good for him. He also had two blocks and and one steal that got accounted for, but he stripped Aaron Gordon like two or three times in this game. So he had a pretty good game himself. But then, I mean, the biggest story, I think, was Tim Hardaway Jr. going off again and Trey Burke. The Mavs took it back. You're you're a scout guy, right? Like, you're, you're a draft guy. So the Mavs took it back to 2013 Michigan Wolverines ball <laughs> with Trey Burke scoring 29 off the bench and Tim Hardaway Jr. with 36 points hitting eight threes in this game. Let's start with that. What did you think about the two Michigan men? Yeah, Trey Burke obviously was a huge spark off the bench, uh, as was Tim. Uh, I really liked Trey Burke's defense, especially I think in the second quarter it was. Uh, he was making plays, stripping guys. He obviously messed up at the end of the at like the end of the third quarter, whatever it was. I think it was the third quarter where Luke who came in and hit the three-point buzzer beater. Uh, like the worst great play, or I'm sorry, the best bad play uh, that we've seen in a while. But <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, he pretty much saved the Mavs offensively in the third quarter. What was it, six and a half minutes or five and a half minutes that the Mavs didn't even get a field goal? Hardaway just blew the doors open just single-handedly. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they needed every bit of this. They scored 58% of their points, which is kind of wild to think about this. But these two guys <laughs> just going off. Trey Burke also hit seven of his eight threes. He was just on fire. I mean, when these, when these two guys are hitting, it's going to be really hard to beat this Mavericks team no matter what. Uh, it just depends on when these guys start hitting shots and when they you know, start going down. But uh, these guys were, were feeling it. Orlando's defense, I thought, was such a mess. I mean, you probably watch more Orlando games than me, but usually they're a pretty decent defensive team. They are missing guys. Like, Isaac is out. They were missing uh, Fournier in this game. They were missing They were missing a bunch of dudes in this game. But their defense just seemed all over the place. They really committed to trapping Luka. And so that gave these guys, Burke and Hardaway, and then Dwight Powell and others, like wide open rims and wide open shots uh, I don't know if the trapping worked like I, I guess they they got Luca to 20 points which is kind of a success for them but uh, they paid somewhere else and they paid with the Hardaway and Burke shots 
Yeah, and the Magic defense normally isn't this bad. The health is obviously the biggest obstacle, but like they're starting five, only one of those guys, maybe James Ennis too, but only Aaron Gordon is the only guy who I would consider a good defender, uh, and then two of their bench guys. So it is it is hard to uh, defend a superstar when you don't have many good defenders available. Um, I, I thought the approach was kind of weird to trap Luka because, I mean, we've seen – like, I guess Denver kind of made it work for a little bit, but they also played it a lot better off the ball. If you're not going to be able to stop the shooters quick and rotate quickly, the trapping doesn't work. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a weird game plan. Um, it obviously didn't work because Luka dropped a triple-double, though. <laughs> yeah, he had eight. What did he have, eight assists in the first half or something like that, too? So, uh, like, this wasn't working early for him. And uh, they just kept go- they kept going to it, and then, um, they just got completely shot out of the gym, basically, with these two guys. And uh, they had they had a moment though. They had a moment where they were coming back, and uh, they had a they had the lead at some point. They were they were really close in the third quarter, and then the Mavs just kind of pulled away from there. They, this Orlando team was was way more shorthanded than the Mavericks were, I think. Even though the Mavericks were without Porzingis, Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Jalen Brunson, like what is that? Four of their top eight players, nine players. Uh, I, I guess you could say the Orlando was, was kind of the same, but they're, you know, I guess that Vooch is their best player. Isaac, maybe their second Gordon, third Fultz fourth. Is that what you put Fournier maybe in there? I'd put, I'd put Fournier above Fultz, but yeah, True. I mean, and, and I, I never thought I would say this too. I, I never thought I would be uttering these words, but Michael Carter Williams has actually been really important for them too, which again, never thought I'd say such <laughs> words, but like, I mean, those, I mean, and he's a huge part of their defense too. So, yeah, off the bench, he's been. I, I've heard good things about him with their uh, with this team. So yeah, they're missing him as well. It's just, but the thing is, they're shorthanded on both sides. It's not like you can kind of say, oh, the Magic, they're so shorthanded, and the Mavericks weren't. Uh, the Mavericks were missing a bunch of dudes too. So good win for the Mavericks overall. Um, Tim Hardaway and Trey Burke are the, were the big story, hitting all those shots, playing like just scoring out of their mind. Tim Hardaway Jr. was three off of his career high, which is thirty nine. Trey Burke back to his bubble days. Like, are we expecting this from them more often? <laughs> like Tim Hardaway Jr. only hits three threes or eight threes in a game. He's done. He's hit three threes four times this year. He hit four once and two once uh, threes in a game. And now he's hit eight threes in a game twice this year so far. So it's like only a couple or eight <laughs> like wild for, for this guy. When he plays with Luca though, when he started to get, he started the game in place of either Dorian or Josh Richardson. And when he starts with Luca, he starts to get that rhythm early and that's when he just really starts to get going and get hot. Yeah. You can tell that, I mean, it, it's kind of like what started last year when we noticed or when he moved into the starting five, um, it, it's kind of similar to that. I think the first week when he was just came out blazing hot. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Does that sound similar to you at all from last year? Yeah. Well, he, he's a guy, he's such a rhythm guy, right? Like he's such a, he needs to get his shot going early. If he hits the first two, he's going to be great. But if he misses the first two, you might be in for a tough night. He might be able to come back and hit a couple. Like it just seems like he's such a rhythm player. He's such like a pickup player, right? He's a guy that you could just, set up in a park or, or a gym and just play with for, you know, the whole day, right? And if he's hot, you're going to stay on the court all day. If he's not, then you're going to have to rely on a couple other guys to do stuff for you. But he can just pick up and play with anybody. And so once he did that, when he uh, he started hitting tonight for the Mavericks, it was it was kind of like it was kind of lights out. Um, yeah, so those guys were the, were the big story. Uh, coming up, let's get into some more about this game. We'll talk about Luka. We'll talk about the Magic team. We'll talk about uh, how the Mavericks pulled off this win. So we'll talk about that coming up.
All right, Richard, let's get into this Mavericks win. Um, besides Tim Hardaway and Trey Burke, what was the biggest thing that stuck out to you from this win? Honestly, I really like James Johnson tonight. I know offensively his numbers haven't been great heading into the year or heading into the game, excuse me. Um, but I mean, he went four of six, had five rebounds, three assists, two steals, even had a block. He was doing everything. He had some really nice layups some just nice attacks to the basket. Um, I think the only play I saw that was bad of his was he had to try to full court pass to Luca that was horribly underthrown. <laughs> and if that's the worst thing you're doing, like you're probably having a good night. It was just an all around good game from the bench. And I think he was the icing on the cake for the bench unit. Yeah, it's, yeah, 12 points, five boards, three assists, two steals, one block. Like, he's really filling up the box score. Finally, you know, got some some decent time, 26 minutes. We've been calling for it and saying he needs to get some more time. He's uh, He had a lot of freedom against this Orlando team, right? And especially <laughs> when they're when they're doubling Luka, he's playing out there with him. He all of a sudden has, like, this just open lane to do stuff. And that was uh, it was really good to see James Johnson get into – get into some rhythm and get into uh, this game. That was definitely a positive. Wes, Wes Owundu, the former the former Magic player, he's he had 32 minutes in this game. Like, he was really active. He didn't score at all. He's he's like, from what I've seen so far and just a little bit of tape I've watched of him from Orlando, he's like a wild dude, right? He's just as wild on offense. He's going to throw up a three or he's going to dribble wildly. But on defense, that wildness is going to – contribute to like act like activeness right he's just going to be active on defense he's going to get in passing lanes he's gonna he had two steals in this game he's gonna he like he forced at some point uh what was it in the fourth quarter beginning of the fourth quarter he like caused a shot clock violation by himself he he guarded like two different guys on the play because of a switch and he caused a shot clock violation for the magic like he is just a guy that uh i'm not sure if he can get rotation minutes if the game is not you know, if the Mavs are not super shorthanded, but they have an interesting player on their hands. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people were mad, you know, Josh Green didn't get a ton of minutes. And, of course, as the leader of, like, the Josh Green movement to Dallas, uh, <laughs> like, I was, I wish he had seen more minutes. But, like, rationally speaking, Wesson Wundu was what Josh Green was supposed to do. He did everything that Josh Green does tonight at a really high level. And, again, like, I mean, I don't know how consistent – he can get in the rotation how often he can do that because that was definitely one of his best games I've seen him play. And I've, I've seen him a lot in Orlando. Um, but it's ideal what the Mavs need off the bench. It's everything they need with the energy, the activeness, just the only thing from him that, and this is nitpicking, like I wish the shot was better, yeah. um, but everything else from him was just so pleasant. Like it's something we haven't seen in a while with Luca really having that pest on the wings when or when he's not on the court. Yeah, he's uh, so I'm not sure. He's I wonder. I sometimes I wonder if Carlisle gave him more time, and sometimes Carlisle does this like against their former team to see if he can get a really inspired <laughs> night out of somebody. I don't. That's just a theory for me, but I wonder if he does that with some guys. Um, but yeah, I wonder getting some extra time in this. Yeah, you mentioned Josh Green. I think Josh Green. He, I think he, he struggled in this game. He just disappears on offense. He just, you're not sure where, where he yeah. is. And he's supposed to be a spot up shooter. He missed the one three that he took, but he, he disappears a lot. He doesn't really contribute to the offense yet. He seems just really timid. He's not a, he's not a guy that he's, it's not even in his game to be, you know, like call for the ball to be really aggressive offensively. He's kind of a, a play within himself 
and to to play within the offense. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Mavericks drafted him. They wanted a guy that's going to fit in like that. But it's also he's not really having a, a big impact. He did get the start. And Carlisle does this a lot too where he'll take the end of the bench guy and put him into the starting unit and not mess up the the second unit, right? <laughs> he'll like leapfrog one guy up to the starters. And he kind of wants a similar type of player to fit in that spot. So um, Josh Green getting the start. Any other thoughts about Josh Green? I thought his defense was pretty good. He had a couple plays. Aaron Gordon absolutely destroyed him on one play, though, like bodied him yeah, un- under yep. the rim and, and took it right at him. But other than that, I thought he was pretty solid defensively. Yeah, and I actually I just tweeted that right before I hopped on here. Like that that play was textbook bully ball, and like Green wasn't even playing bad defense. I was just I mean straight up bully ball. Uh, I liked Green's defense. Yeah, the Gordon playing like one bacon drive. Uh, if those are as bad as it gets, it's a good night. Uh, like you said on offense, I mean yeah, I I noticed him one time off ball, not counting that shot. Um, and he cuts a lot. It's just he doesn't cut to the right place. I think he still is learning. Like he's kind of raw. He was a freshman, you know. Um, there's still a lot to like. Though. The defense was just outstanding off ball. He prevented a lot of cuts from happening. Uh, I don't know how many minutes that actually gets you. I don't know how much of a game changer that really is. But I, I think the upside is there. I think he just kind of needs to earn the trust uh, from Carlisle. And and like you said with the leapfrog, that, that's a really good point, um, that just to not mess up the rotations. I don't know if you remember, like, in 2013 or 14, uh, when the Mavs had just, like, a trio of, Bernard James would start just so the bench unit wouldn't get messed up. I think it was with Brandon Wright so he could stay on the bench. He would start Bernard James and he'd play the exact thing, like 15 minutes, 10 in the first half, 5 in the second. He'd start each half, but uh, just a shout-out to Sarge there. <laughs> yeah, Carlisle's done this with J.J. Barea a lot. He's done. He did this last year with Justin Jackson, Brokoff, even Willie got a start. Last year, he only played 13 games, but he got one star because he leapfrogged somebody. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting the way that they just like their system and they like the way they have certain players play certain spots. And so Josh Green filled in that Dorian Finney-Smith kind of role, even though he uh, he didn't play as well as, as we would expect from Dorian, but he filled in. Uh, the Luca, I mean, <laughs> Luca, 20 points, 11 boards, 10, 10 assists. He had six turnovers, which is down from eight that he had the other night, but... Um, besides like Lucas turnovers, a couple of people mentioned this to me during the game, Lucas turnovers all seem like egregious, right? Like they're all, they're all really bad. It's not like he's trying really tough passes and not getting them through. It's just like, he forgets the ball. He dribbles into traffic. He, you know, doesn't move and isn't ready for it. It's really interesting to see just how it's still, it's, I think that's still kind of the rust that he's trying to shake off. And the, the trapping did affect that for sure. But I thought a lot of those uh, turnovers didn't even happen in the traps. They just happened when he was facing one-on-one coverage and a, a help defender would maybe come in for a quick second and dig or something. Yeah. And, and it was pretty avoidable. Um, I honestly, a lot of them, they didn't feel like game changing turnovers. Like, I mean, the maps had 17 to the matrix nine, which is a lot. Um, but it is, I, I think I completely agree. The rust is there. Uh, just some of his decision-making like in where to dribble. Uh, that's what I would say is like, that, that was where most of his turnovers came from. I think it's not anything to worry about the no. high turnovers. I mean, in almost every superstar, that has a high usage, especially guards have high turnovers. I mean, Steph Curry before, I think, I think it was almost his MVP year, the year before maybe. Um, and he was still pretty good. He averaged like almost five turnovers. So like, it's a normal thing. It's not a huge deal. As long as you know, I mean, I think as long as it cuts by the playoffs, that's the most important thing. I'm not reading too much into that, but Luca was great tonight. And I mean, all around 
got to his spots. He took advantage of Vucevic's weak defense. Like, there's a lot to like, per usual. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not worried about those turnovers either. I just thought it was interesting that they're like egregious turnovers right. that he can we can pretty much easily clean those up, right? I just think that it's it's talking about rhythm and getting back into it. And uh yeah, Luca also after the game he mentioned he had an interesting quote that I thought was was notable. Someone asked uh, after you know after the two losses at the beginning of the season, you guys are five and two and the Mavericks are just playing really, really well. What did you what did you think about, you know, the difference between the first two games and then these last like seven or whatever? And he said well, we, you know, we had some new guys and we didn't have a lot of time to all get together. And I know everybody overreacted to how we were playing at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I thought that was really funny that he said, I know everybody overreacted. He's looking, he sees the stuff. I wonder if he's on Twitter, just like looking at everybody saying, all right, well, he's, uh, everyone's saying that we suck. So here, here we go. But I think, I think Luca, we've said this several times, but he didn't expect the season to start so early. Some of this rust is, is part of that, but uh, he had a triple double. <laughs> <laughs> Another triple double. Uh, ESPN stats and info tweeted out that it was Luca's 27th career triple double, breaking a tie with Elgin Baylor, uh, known Hall of Famer and failed Clippers GM. 17th all time Luca is right now in triple doubles, career triple doubles. That's absolutely wild. He's one away from matching Michael Jordan for 16th all time in triple doubles. The, ga- <laughs> the game is different now. If Jordan was playing, he'd have you know an insane amount of triple doubles. But that's just still wild that Luca is one triple double away from tying the goat. Like that, just I mean, wild. That's that. I like how you got the Clippers strap in there. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's also what he's known for. Right? Like that's the second. That's the second thing. Like Lakers Hall of Famer, yeah. failed Clippers GM. That's like one two. Maybe maybe number two, he's known for being one of the first high flyers in NBA history. But anyway, that's what he would be known for. Uh, yeah, so so Luca, great game from him. Um, what else? What else stuck out to you from this game before we get to maybe some magic stuff and some just overall thoughts on this team moving forward? I guess one other thing that uh, this is so minor. I felt like Maxi wasn't. I don't know how to word this right. Uh, I, I want to say he didn't get to his spots, but like that's not what I'm trying to say it just didn't I don't know to you but I did feel like Maxi and Luca didn't have like I don't know they usually run a lot of pick and pop there was just nothing there I don't know that was something I noticed like I was shocked he only had five shots it seemed like a game he should have had almost 10 uh just how weak the magic defense is right now yeah he really seemed I'm, I'm off. nitpicking but yeah he, he seemed off in this game right <laughs> he, he hit that one three but then he missed the other two he's he's been shooting 50 percent from three so we expect him to hit half of his three half of his threes but yeah he didn't have the same energy and he expelled a ton of energy in that denver game so i wonder if this is a little bit of a hangover yeah. from that uh he didn't really play a lot either he played 23 minutes in this game and so he missed one of the shifts and so maybe he would have gotten his rhythm there but yeah there was just there was something off about his game uh, I'm not worried about him at all. <laughs> I think. Yeah, no, it's not anything long term. So. No. All right, coming up, let's get into some long term things about the the Mavericks missing guys. We'll talk about the Magic a little bit. What we thought about their game and some of their players. We'll talk about that with Richard coming up. All right, Richard, let's get into some more big thoughts about this game and uh, maybe some long term stuff about the the Magic. So the Mavericks are going to be without. Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Richardson, or Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson at an undisclosed amount of time, right? I don't think that we know which we don't know which one is tested positive. We don't know which ones are just contact tracing, you know, protocol, um, like precaution, precautionary things. 
And so we, they could be without one of those guys for two weeks if he tests po- if one of them tests positive. So they could be without one of these guys for two weeks. It's either between seven days and, and two weeks. So remember Kevin Durant was out for seven days because of contact tracing. Uh, but now, now you've had like other guys be out for for two weeks or ten days. It's just, man, keeping track of all this stuff with other teams is wild. But now when it's with the Mavericks, the team that I cover every day, and the fact that it's not really disclosed fully. And if you're if you're like a daily fantasy person, you're probably just like pulling your hair out because like what do you what do you do with some of these guys? Yeah, no, and and it's hard because like. Yeah, like you said, you don't know which of them is out the longest because it, it matters a lot if Josh Richardson is out two weeks versus if Jalen Brunson is out two weeks or right. Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, and it changes the whole landscape. I think the Mavs can get by with without Jalen Brunson for two weeks. Like, that's the one person who they can probably afford to lose the most. Um, but, I I mean, yeah, they need to figure out, I guess, if it's more than seven days for all three of them, that's kind of a bad situation. I don't know. I, I mean, the Mavs need at least two of those guys, and I'd say probably Richardson and Finney Smith. Just looking ahead to the Bucks game on Friday, um, like you kind of you need all hands on deck. Even though the, the Bucks haven't been great this year, uh, that's a game you need everybody there for. Yeah, if you just look at let's look ahead two weeks. So if we start fr- let's start Friday, right? Because I think that's when they first got these tests and all that. Uh, so they start Friday the eighth, and we go to the twenty second. That takes the Mavs through uh, the Pelicans game coming up on uh, on Monday the Hornets and LaMelo Ball who's balling out right now the Bucks like you mentioned that's that's coming you know next Friday the Bulls the Raptors so you're not you're not super worried about Hornets Bulls Raptors this is a pretty good time to miss some guys if you're if you're going to then the Pacers and then the 22nd if it's if it's 14 days exactly the 22nd is the Spurs so that's a it's it's not a terrible stretch and you might be getting Porzingis back at some point during that too. So it's not a terrible stretch to be missing some guys, but you know, you, you want, you need, you want to get these wins. You gotta, you gotta take care of business because you don't know when you're gonna be missing guys some other time too. Right. And, and that's seven games. The good news of that would be if, uh, if say they all could just magically come back the 22nd for the 20 or sorry, they missed the Spurs game, but they played the next night too. So they could have pretty rested legs for a back to back which could be huge, especially going against James Harden. That'd be like the one the one positive uh, thing to come of that. Uh, although probably not the best word choice there. But, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> outside of, I mean, outside of the Bucks game, all those games are pretty winnable, I think. Uh, Indiana's got, I mean, I don't know who guards Sabonis. I think that's a game you need Porzingis for. Uh, but other than that, it's a manageable team. And, and like you said, I mean, Porzingis is the X factor. Like, you can afford the to lose those three even. And I think if you get Porzingis back, like that's just how good Luca and Porzingis can be. Yeah, that's that, that's huge. So that's the look ahead for, for however many games these guys miss. I'm sure starting Monday, I'm sure reporters will be back working and we'll hear what actually is going to happen. <laughs> so we'll, we'll find out. I, I think maybe the team will make an announcement, but the Mavs seem to be really tight-lipped with some of this stuff. And uh, the you know the investigative reporters aren't doing their job. Come on, reporters, give me names, <laughs> give me names, give me times. That's what I want. All right, let's get into the Orlando Magic because I brought you on specifically because you are an Orlando Magic fan. Um, and so in the same way that like I grew up a Lakers fan, like everyone always asks me, who do you root for when the Mavericks play the Lakers? And I always say I win either way. Do you win either way, or you still live and die like Magic? <laughs> <laughs> 
No. So I still, it depends on the situation. The last nine years since they traded Dwight Howard, I've rooted for the Magic just about every single, or I'm sorry, the Mavs, every single game. Uh, Close slip there. Uh, (laughs) The only time I think was last year when both were actually competing for the same playoff seed, I was torn. I had no idea what to do. And the Dwight Howard (laughs) first Dirk games were a nightmare for me. Uh, So (laughs) those were the ones where I said I win. But no, for the last like 10 years, it's pretty much been uh, rooting for the Mavs. But um, yeah, it's it's not a fun question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this Maver- this Magic team, you think that they should tank? You think they should start selling off pieces because they make these extensions for Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, and then all of a sudden both of them go like Isaac was already down, but then Fultz goes down, which is just devastating. Like that that injury just sucks all around. Both those guys, like that's the future of your team, and all of a sudden they're gone. Uh, you think they should start selling off pieces and start tanking, or what do you think they should do? I'm a little bit torn. I think if you're going to trade one major piece in the middle of the season, uh, you probably try and trade Vucevic. It's just that I think he still has three years, four years left on the contract, and it's um, and it's a lot of money for a big man that's, I think, 30 years old already. I don't know how tradable that is. Uh, the other one I would say uh, to trade during the year would probably be Terrence Ross. I think he's one of the oh, best yeah. six, men, that's good. Uh, six men out there. You know, absolute flamethrower, good defender too. Didn't look like in this game. He he struggled yeah, with no. a capital S in no. this game. <laughs> yeah, he he did not look comfortable out there at all. Um, but I mean, most nights, you know, that's light, not who he is up. the entire time. But those would be the two I'd say. And then on draft night or in a draft, like near draft day, uh, Aaron Gordon would be a great one just because he'll be expiring next year um, or free agent in 2022. I mean, and obviously we all know that contract is really good. I think. I don't think the Mavs have a good enough offer, barring Josh Green just absolutely breaking out. Uh, Jalen Brunson in a pick four in six years from now just don't do it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, Vooch, Vooch has two years left after this year, twenty four and twenty two million down from twenty six this year. So that's a pretty that's, that's a pretty bad. tradable contract. Uh, and yeah. he, I think he'll net wow. them something. Like both of those two guys, I think Vooch and Gordon, I think would net them something. Gordon has the eighteen million and then sixteen million next year so he'll be expiring next year that one that one's a little interesting to see what what they'll do with it they haven't given him an extension or anything after you know after that so those two guys i think they should just sell off those pieces terrence ross like all three of those guys i feel like if they're still on the magic by the end of the year especially this draft right like this like yeah. i've heard you talk about this draft you were on locked on thunder i heard you talk about this draft about how there's five guys do you think all five of those guys in the 2021 draft would go number one this past year Oh yeah, yeah, and and you could probably make the case that beyond those five, uh, it's it's a pretty stacked draft class. And the sad thing though for and this is a good year not to have the maps pick too because they uh, they don't have it's not a deep class like it, it drops off pretty hard after like seven. Interesting. Yeah, I I think the Magic should just just go for it. Just try one more time, guys. I know you're six and four. You already have six wins. <laughs> you're just waiting for guys to, like like who are they who are they waiting to come back? Fournier and uh, so, Carter Williams. Oh, yeah, and then I forgot Chumo Kiki, who's also a big part oh, right. of the yeah. future core. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about him. Um, yeah, no, they've got – it's Fournier, MCW, uh, Okiki. Uh, I'm blanking on the other ones. I guess Fulton Isaac. Yeah, but, so you're not getting Fulton Isaac back this year. I don't know. They'll probably no. they'll probably do what Orlando does. They'll stick with all their guys. They won't trade. They're like, they're like the worst version of Portland. They just never make a move and just stay where they are, right? Like – it's uh it's, 
it's an interesting comparison. It's not wrong. It's like yeah, <laughs> very much worse. <laughs> but they're in the East, so they they make the playoffs. Like they'll probably still make the playoffs this year if they keep that team. Ooh, depending on, I don't think so. I don't think they can. Although, although the East has been pretty bad. I thought Washington would be a lot better, and then Me Field's going to be out two weeks. So I mean, who who even knows if they make the playoffs? I honestly might be upset. Like for once in my life. <laughs> but, I mean, this is just the year. Like they need a Cade Cunningham or someone like that. This is the year. You know who else would be upset is uh, part owner Betsy DeVos. She uh, just lost her job, and so she'd be upset too. That was late, late in the podcast joke on a bonus pod. I don't usually make those jokes, but I made one today because it's a bonus pod. Um, Brooklyn, Miami, and Toronto. Maybe Toronto turns around. I think they will, but all all three of those teams should get in the playoffs. Um, Orlando is probably the one that falls out. The Knicks, the Cavs, the Hornets. I don't think any of those three teams are sticking in. So no. that last spot no. is there for either the Magic, the, the Hawks to maybe turn it on, the Wizards maybe figure it out, figure it out, the Bulls. I don't know. I think Bulls they got are a, a sneaky one. I think they got a shot. Yeah, the Bulls are a sneaky one though. Yeah, they are. Not to get sidetracked. But. They've been playing teams well. <laughs> they they almost beat the Lakers the other night. Uh, they were without AD, but. Any other big thoughts about the Magic while you're here? I mean, we're, we're talking about this team. We're looking at them. Um, just played them. I think they're underrated. I, I think they're underrated long-term. Uh, tonight didn't show that whatsoever, <laughs> uh, especially because, like, I was going to highlight Cole Anthony. But, like, Man. Cole Anthony's had a rough start to the year. It, but the good thing for him, I'm not worried because a lot of rookies just don't know what to do. And that's, like, the biggest concern you can have in a rookie is they just look lost. He's not lost at all. He's getting to his spots. He just flat out is missing. I don't know. Making it's a make or miss league, and I don't know. It can be an extended uh, slump, and I think he's going to still be a stud for that core. I think he's a, a high level complimentary player. Yeah, I'm interested. Like, I don't know. What do you think of him? I was interested to see him, but you know, you know what Isaac thinks about him. He loves him. He thinks he's a steal. All that North Carolina guy. But I was interested to see if he ever <laughs> got any time with Markel Fultz because Fultz is kind of that bigger guard, and then you have the the kind of slasher Cole Anthony off the you know off to the side. So. I think that could have made an interesting combo, kind of like a you know Luca Burke kind of deal, but in a, a worse but different kind of way. And uh, I, I thought that would be kind of interesting. But now I guess he gets the keys, right? I mean, he's going to be their starting guard yep. with with Fultz out, so he's really going to get the the chance. What's up with Mo Bamba? What what are we what are we doing with Mo Bamba? Remember that was the guy that everybody wanted after <laughs> you know if they didn't get Luca, it was Mo Bamba. What's going on with him? Yeah, I I just don't think he's that good. Uh, and he needs to change the scenery. Like that's a that's the bottom line. Is he's not for Orlando. Um, and the tools are cool. He showed a lot of flashes last year, and then the season shut down and everything spiraled out of control. And obviously, I don't think he recovered well from COVID. He he was hit pretty hard from that. Oh, interesting. Um, there, I mean, it's just it's a lot with him. Uh, his body is obviously unique, and I think that makes injuries and I mean, general sicknesses probably make it harder i mean when you have a seven what 11 wingspan something like that uh but unfortunately he just his awareness just really comes and goes i think they should probably sell what they can for him just get anything include him with terrence ross or something um i just yeah i am not big on him at all what, what's your opinion I'm, I'm curious what you think of uh like you're outside looking in i don't know like i haven't i haven't seen him play right he just doesn't play a lot and so I was really interested in, in him in the draft, and then I've, the stuff that I've seen from him in the league has just been, like he said, he looks lost. He doesn't really look like he's found his his fit, and he might be he he might be like Dennis, where you know Dennis with Junior needed to have a certain system, and he needed to have 
you know, Carlisle put him in all the right spots to be able to succeed. And so he might need a system like that to be able to, he might not be a player that just like succeeds no matter where he is. So I don't know if he can find the right spot. Just the idea of that guy being a shooting, like shot blocking big is just, you really like, that's really tantalizing the league, but all right. Any final thoughts on the magic Dallas Mavericks win the game. They improved to five and four. They are back up there in the, in the playoffs in the Western conference. They're tied with, uh, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Jazz, and possibly Portland. We're recording this during the game. Yeah, Portland's going to win this game against the Kings, so Portland as well. Uh, the Mavericks, last two weeks, are 5-2. and two. Their offensive rating, 113.2. Defensive rating, 103.3. That's second in the league, and their net rating is 8.6. Oh. They get a little bit of a bump because of that Clippers game. <laughs> they also one of, the, one of those losses came without Luka, but... They're, the Mavericks are playing really well right now, so hopefully they get those guys back. We'll be back on Monday. Isaac will be back. Isaac, by the way, is driving or coming back from uh, being away, so he'll be back. Richard, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, at Mavstraft on Twitter and uh, Mavstraft.com. Straight up. Get all that stuff for the draft, and uh, hopefully we'll be hearing more from Richard coming up. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Luca racing up the floor. He will shoot a three to beat the. Ah!